and he will be set. And Aaron Rodgers gets up with a limp. Aaron Rodgers is sitting down in the field. He's hurt. Son of a... This is the Rich Eisen Show. I'm talking about the freaking New York Jets having a curse hanging over. From the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Every time we think we're out, the football gods pull us back in. Earlier on the show, ESPN Sports Center anchor Scott Van Pelt, senior writer for the MMQB, Albert Breer. Coming up, NFL Network analyst Daniel Jeremiah. And now. It's Rich Eisen. Hour number three of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. What a uh, what an eventful two hours we've had. And, um, man, as soon as we're done, you know what's happening here in this studio? The first edition of What the Football with yeah. Susie Schuster hey, and Amy Trask nice. is about to be recorded. Are, are they bringing you on for fantasy advice, TJ Jefferson? Has that been uh, is that part of the conversation here? I've heard this rumor. Well, I wasn't sure if there was going to be a press release or anything. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, How about yeah, that? Your wife called me up last week. She was like, well, what do you think about this? And I was like, hey, I'll do whatever you guys want. So. The number of times Susie has walked in the door of our house and seen me sitting in the same room watching a football game, and she's like, oh, do you need a hug? I've lost track. <laughs> well, she, I've she, lost track, I mean, and last night was another such instance. She texts Chris and I when Did she really? I Are you serious? She, yeah. Oh, yeah. I figured she was at home, what? and then after we text a few times, she's like, all right, I got to go home and hold Rich's like, hand. I got to go home. Like, you're not home right now? <laughs> yeah. No, she was with, she was with Coop. Yeah. yeah. She's like, like I got to go hold his hand. What was, she, what was she texting you about? <laughs> well, I think she was preparing herself for what she might have to walk into. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so how did you prepare? I think Chris just laughed a lot. Probably. Did you really? Nah, I'm just joking. Come on. <laughs> you were nice, though. Yeah, we, was, we yeah. were. We were. As you was, know, I mean, I'm playing nice. It was a fragile, fragile, yeah, yeah, fragile yeah. state. Yeah. It, it was nicer than two Patriots fans probably should have been expecting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what she? Because I, I, I posted that that Jet fan flipping off. Oh, somebody. I, I mean, think oh, he's, what, what do you think the Jet fan was flipping off? It was right after the, the awful pick of it was Zach. after the pick. Was he flipping off Zach or a Bills fan that was probably turning around and giving that fan Probably crap? Zach Wilson, I'm guessing. <laughs> but it, was, I, it wasn't really bad. I mean, it's like Milano was the intended receiver. Awful. Awful. And that was, one right of those, that was one of those moments like, all right, so 2022 still is here. It was also the, that guy's face. As he was flip, flipping the bird, yeah. and then the, his buddy sitting next to him, yeah. who looked so depressed and dejected. Yeah, and so I tweeted, I Instagrammed that out, saying "Right back at you, football gods." And then Susie, I didn't see this till later. She wrote, "I locked Rich in the padded room that we have just for this reason." <laughs> and the number of replies and likes, I mean, it just went nuts. Yeah. So just everyone knows we don't have a padded room in our house. During the Manning cast, Peyton was giving Eli crap like, hey, he only did one. You did two. Yeah. <laughs> it was really funny. <laughs> oh, Rich. Rich. Peyton and Eli are calm. They're, they're, right, I, could not be more, uh, I couldn't be more pleased to welcome on our program. Um, he is in his 11th year in the National Football League, and he's a man who uh, was on the field there in Soldier Field just this past weekend for the Green Bay Packers, and he had something fascinating to say. Uh, in the wake of his buddy uh, Aaron Rodgers getting hurt last night, uh, our friend, friend of the program, David Bakhtiari, kind enough to zoom in right here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you doing, David? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing uh, better now that I see you on my screen. I will give you the floor. What's going through your mind today, David? What's going through your um, mind today? I mean, a lot. Uh, obviously, number one thing, you know, taking uh, football out of it, uh, just making sure my buddy's okay. Uh that's always kind of sad to see. You hate to see anyone get injured, particularly someone uh, you're really close with. Um, but then other than that, you know, from our team, I mean, one and zero went to uh, Soldier Field, uh, division opponent. So excited about that. But uh, you know, just kind of all over the spectrum, I guess, with emotions today. Well, let's go uh, one at a time, starting with uh, with Aaron. Um, if, if there's anything that you're willing to share, have you have you connected with him at all, David? Uh, not. Fully, I've you know I've reached out to him. Um, I know he's probably dealing with a lot. He's got a lot of things moving, um, but I know he's doing it right for the most part. Uh, I know it's really heavy on him, uh, and that's probably about as much as I got right now. Okay, and uh, just knowing what he put into it, I mean, it just blows my mind. Uh, but I didn't, I don't actually know the nuts and bolts of what he's put into it to get ready for this season. What can you lay out there? 
for fans to maybe know about and how he must be feeling in that regard, David? I mean, he's a he's a consummate pro. I mean, he always he's very transparent when he's talking to anyone about uh, you know if he's going to commit to any year, he's going to put his full mind, body, and spirit into that. Um, I think that's you know some people you know have uh, their own opinions about his process, but uh, it's a very heavy and lengthy process because um, it's that in depth for him because of how much he gives to the game. Uh, so I, I know he's definitely down about that. Um, especially everything that he had put in, but you know, this is also part of the game that uh, we we understand the violent uh, sport. Uh, but you know, on top of all that, you know, there's there's ways that you can improve it to make it uh, a little bit safer. And I, I don't want to use this to be a PSA for that, but I think that we should, as players, as a uh, you know, uh, as a sport, we should really take a look at what are we doing to put our players in the best situation to be as safe as possible because of the violent nature of the game as is let's not add in add in anything else to make it that much more dangerous well that's when i reached out to you last night david as i saw your tweet or post on twitter or x or whatever we're calling it these days um and i'd love to give you the floor a little bit more on on how after you watched um your friend go down you you mentioned about the artificial turf and how they're taking it up for the World Cup, so why not for actual, you know, NFL games? And you said, do better. Uh, I'd love to give you the floor to actually put more than 280 characters on it. Yeah, uh, it's just something that's been weighing heavy on me. Uh, you know, playing this game for as long as I have, uh, when I first got in the league, I didn't know any better. I was just excited to play and run around. And I think you you hear now with, the multiple social media platforms and players actually having more of a voice. Uh, you're seeing them voice their displeasure with certain surfaces, not only the, the current status of that surface, but, uh, uh, you know, when, when it is grass, you know, maintaining a proper level of grass, but also the artificial, uh, I, I don't think there's a need for it. There, there's definitely not a need for it anymore. I, the only thing I can wrap my mind around it is it is aesthetically pleasing for TV and it's a borderline it's a carpet that's nice to put stadiums on uh, or to put platforms on so you can host other concerts and events easy and not have to clean up and it's it's fits your bottom dollar better but other than that uh when we talk about the game and player safety and if we keep advocating player safety and the importance of it that's not it's doing us a disservice i I can say firsthand I, i look you can use whatever numbers you want and they do skew to show that like grass is safer than artificial turf and then from a first person's perspective like someone who's been playing the game for as long as they have it sucks no one enjoys playing on it everyone's too scared to talk about it nfl just be better do something be an advocate for us and help us out i mean you guys are the ones who keep on constructing these stadiums and look at football for its origin we played on grass in, in rainy days in snow in mud it's fun it's supposed to be meant to be on grass Let's not get away from that because I feel like we are starting to get away from it. And then eventually you're going to wake up. They're going to, it's going to wake up a monster that they don't want to deal with. And I think right now, I think it's a smart thing to do. Just address it, quit ignoring it and address it now, because if not, it's just going to get bigger and bigger. Well, looking at the still photograph of the moment when Rogers um, lost his Achilles last night, you can't help but see how firmly planted in the rubber pellets that are popping up his left foot and rest of his leg, how unnaturally bent it is. And it's no surprise that a 39-year-old Achilles tendon might snap clean as it apparently did based on the MRI that was revealed. How much is this brought up between the players and and its players association and then forward it on to the league. How much of this is a conversation for actual action, David? I mean, I mean, I, I think it's an ongoing conversation. I think it's one that the uh, owners don't want to have. And I think the only way they do want to have it is during a collective bargaining agreement. And I personally don't think there's no place for that. Uh, why would you even want to wait till then is my first uh, plea out there. The second one is of course the, the owners can be like, well, if the players want it, then let's just not do anything and then let's get something for it. It's like, no, this is the betterment of everything for the game. You're making the game worse, jeopardizing play all players, 
But even of that, you have your upper echelon of really what people come to see. And I put Aaron up in there. And then there's a lot of other guys who, uh, you know, I'm not going to sit here. I don't have it off the top of my head of the guys who have been injured uh, playing on artificial turf. But, like, the quality of the game goes down when you don't have your elite players out there. So why not do what you can? I mean, look what, uh, you know, Lionel Messi, any, any service he goes on to, they're going to usher out brand new grass for him. He is that amazing. And people want to go see greatness. So my whole thing is like, okay, now look at what we do for a living. It already is very chaotic and very violent. Why are we adding this extra element in there? I mean, I think that you said with Aaron's foot, and I, I've, I felt it firsthand. There's so many times my cleat gets stuck. And guys are always going to, at the end of the day, they always say, well, use these different types of shoes. Not everyone's using the same type of shoes. And I'm not going to be skidding around there and putting other people at risk because other guys don't want to be in the, quote, unquote, like the right turf shoe. It's just it's it's the wild west when it comes to that to those surfaces and i think there's just no place for it it's like it's grass man just use grass what like i don't even understand why we're even still at this point like it's football played on grass period green bay packers offensive tackle in his 11th year david bakhtiari here on the rich eisen show let's uh turn in the few minutes i have left with you uh to your team and how you looked on on sunday and walk me through how Jordan Love has matured so quickly in your estimation or how this team performed so well in your estimation in game one, David. Um, I mean, start with Jordan. Uh, I mean, he's in his fourth year, so there's a different expectation for a first-year starting quarterback when you're in your fourth year. Um, you know, we know and we understand the talent he has based on where he was drafted and coming in. So he's had uh, three years to sit and really understand, master the offense, take his time, fine-tune some uh, uh, techniques at the quarterback position. But that's kind of what I expected to, ha- to have out of him being out there. Um, and that's, I think, at least the expectation moving forward. And then talking about our team, uh, it's a good football team. I-, I think people forgot, like, with all the things moving on. And, I mean, he- even me, like, I, I still – have no problem saying like we you know this is a rebuild off of aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. but i mean like this you have no idea what you're gonna get you know with the young team and the foundation of the team and the trenches are set on both sides of the ball and there's a lot of good pieces in some really important places and it showed out on uh on sunday and i, I was i was pleasantly pleased and i think i'd said that uh, earlier in the week i think i had a, some interview and i was like if the packers are looking to try and tank like good luck because it's tough with the quality of guys that I saw and the type of play style that we had and how good of a defense that we have uh, seeing the pieces come together through training camp. Is LaFleur playing the nobody believes in his card or are you guys talking that way in the locker room or not really? What do you got? I mean, it, uh, yes. Uh, I think the underdog, I think, you know, people trying to sleep on us and that's fine. Count us out. Great. At the end of the day, I mean, I don't care if the, you know, I, I think the mentality is you can go, you know, pull out a piece of paper and see all the good names on both uh, on the other side of the ball compared to our side. You still got to go out there and play football. It's still like a man's game. You still got to compete. So good luck. And uh, last one for you here, or a couple more left for David Bakhtiari, the three-time Pro Bowler, two-time first-team All-Pro, 11th year tackle of the Green Bay Packers. Your other team, Colorado. How about prime, huh, man? You know? Two and zero right now. I mean, what is going on in the mind of a Buffalo right now, Dave? Aha! Look at that. I had no idea. I had no idea you had the lid on. Come on now, you can turn that around for this for this for this conversation. There you go. Okay. So what's going through your mind right now with Prime bringing it? I mean, I'm excited. I've been a you know, obviously that be my own monitor and not a you know the to talk about them very much because there hasn't been very much going on. Yeah. Uh, it's been tough, but I mean, seeing the energy and pretty much uh, when people had asked me, you know, what do you think of the signing of prime, all this and all that? I'm like, you know, Dion, I, I, I got it. He's a walking culture. And I mean, that in the, the utmost respect he brings, he is a culture that comes in and brings in a type of culture and he turns boys to men and you can hear it. And I, I heard in, in a lot of his speeches and I was, I was a big fan and the last question mark that I guess or check that uh, the box that needed to be checked for me was you got to go out there and you got to play football. You know, you can inspire any type of man you want, but you got to go out there and play. And as of right now, when I've seen two games, I mean, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I, I'm signing up. I'm all in now. I love it. It's exciting times. I've been waiting for Colorado to be relevant. 
I tried as hard as I could while I was there to make them as relevant as possible. But <laughs> they, they, there's been some dark times. I mean, uh, Mason, when you know my old teammate uh, Mason Crosby, yeah, I, I would tell him, uh, you know, it, the last time we were good was when he was kicking out there. Um, but it, it's good to see them now rolling, and I'm so excited. I love it, and and they beat up on uh, Will Compton's uh, Cornhusker. So yes, always, yes, always take care of Nebraska. <laughs> I was doing, a, you know, welfare check on Will, man, you know, after week one in Minnesota. And I just knew that if that Nebraska team that was struggling against Minnesota was going to show up in Boulder, that it would be, you know, it would be a long day. And, you know, it did take longer uh, for Colorado to get rolling um, in that game. Colorado State, I mean, ESPN's throwing them on – Colorado and Colorado State is going to be nationally televised on ESPN Saturday night. Wow. Does that say it all, David, to you or what? I, I, you know, I mean, I, I like I said, the, the prime effect. I think everyone's drinking from Kool-Aid. Uh, he's done a phenomenal job. I think the landscape of college football uh, was perfect for what he who he is as a coach. And he's put the rest of uh you know, the nation on notice. And I think he's making the new formula of this is how you build a program. And I mean, hats off to Rick George and uh, everyone there at Colorado for, for bringing him in. Cause it's, it's hard to turn around a program. It's extremely hard to turn around a program that quick in one year. And it's even, I would say it's even one of the biggest mounds to jump over when you're talking about, you know, my school, like, I, I went there and we tried to turn around. I kept watching them and it just, yeah. Never gain sale. I'm like, man, what will it take? It's going to take a lot. It's not easy. And for him, to, and that's why I was like, I, you know, before I really start drinking Kool-Aid, I just want to make sure because I've, I've been there. I've seen him the same song and dance. And, I mean, he's he's a winner everywhere he goes, anything he wants to do. And that's mm-hmm. – you know him personally. And yep. it's just what a phenomenal studly and just uh, confident man. And I, I love that. I'm so, so excited for him. I'm so excited for Colorado. I can't say enough good things. And uh, I, I'm just excited to keep watching rooting on. Me too, especially when Oregon and USC are on the docket right around the corner as well. Uh, before I let you go, David, one last one, the conversation. I know it's still too fresh. It's still too soon. But uh, your sense on, on Aaron Rodgers when everything does calm down, that, you know, will he just look at this and say he will not want to go out this way? And he will try to keep playing. I know you don't want to put words in his mouth, but I just wonder what you can tell me first blush, how you think he might react to all of this news, David. Oh, man. Um, you're asking me to read the mind of a guy who's extremely hard to read. Right. <laughs> and I'm a very, very close friend of his. Um, I hope not. Uh, I, th- I think right now, love, support, taking time, letting him kind of soak everything that's kind of happened, begin the journey. Um uh and the road to recovery but I, I mean i hope not and and i hope to see him suited up and go out there and do what he does best um you know there's there's not many people that can uh can do what he can and has done and it's uh it's special so I'm not gonna speculate or anything but uh from me personally i mean i hope not david i don't take for granted uh when you uh say yes coming on the show i really appreciate it good luck uh for the rest of the season if we don't talk but i hope we do at atlanta coming up and then home um you've got uh, detroit uh coming up in a couple weeks on uh, on a thursday night that's a pretty darn big game congrats on the way it started and i appreciate the zoom here thanks brother of course yeah no thanks for reaching out take care anytime that's david bakhtiari his 11th season with the packers right here live on the rich eisen show let's take a quick break because right on the zoom right after daniel jeremiah of nfl network what is what's going on in the jets front office what would he advocate and what did he see last night and also what he saw in person from tua and tyreek let's talk o'reilly auto parts people or as you might know from their jingle o o o O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just find the right battery for your vehicle. 
Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL Draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So you guys, so you guys don't have unique names. What do you mean, see? you guys? <laughs> what do you saying? mean by that? Wow. I'm just saying. There's no one saying, oh, Tom Brady won the Super Bowl. I'm going to name my baby Tom. That's not how it works. Tom is too simple. Shaquille, Alshon, these are unique names that people will name their kids. I promise you. Steve, am I right? Steve, am I right or wrong? Steve is not laughing. He's not looking at you. And he is leaving his car. Steve is a regular name. Steve is a regular name. Steve is the name that folks can pronounce. Oh, see, now Steve has another name. Wow. Steve, what's your other name? My real name, which is three people called me, my mom and my grandma. And my wife uh-huh. is is actually Stevon. Now S T E V O N N E. Now Stevon. Stevon. Stevie. Had you used? Have you had you used that name? Had you used that name? Right? And you the le- no. You the legend. You the legend. You are. Had you used that name? Do you know what would happen in any city you played in? Everybody had a baby with a name. Their baby, Stevon. You know what would happen? You know what's up? I don't care what city you played in. Carolina, Baltimore, whatever city you played in, that city would have had babies with that name. Santa Monica. Every time you score a touchdown, <laughs> they'd be like, I'm naming my baby. <laughs> Steve On. Well, right? You know it, right? Well, Steve, Steve On, <laughs> thanks for coming on, Steve On. Oh, thanks for coming on, Steve On. You got to reach even, me. Even, <laughs> hey, even, hey, even mentioning that name right now, a few light bulbs went off. <laughs> this baby oh, do tomorrow man. perfect. This hey, baby is do tomorrow perfect. Y'all some dirt bag. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Enjoy our YouTube stream, please, people, and our feed and our archive. Fantastic. Back on the Rich Eisen Show, sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk on the Rich Eisen Show radio network. It's all furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by as my friend from the NFL Network, NFL Media Group, my friend from the Combine and the Draft, and the co host of Move the Sticks podcast, Daniel Jeremiah, back here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, DJ? Well, I don't even know where to begin, Rich. <laughs> I, I don't. Yeah. I, you know, it's like, look, you see people and there's that line that comes out that says, I, I don't have the words. I don't know what's, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to comfort yeah. you. I don't think saying I feel your pain is adequate. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. You know, you've lived with me for quite some time. And, um, and so, you know, I always sensed that something like this would be coming and I appreciate the the verbal hug and bouquet. Um, and the one way I guess you can help me out is uh, what do you think Joe Douglas and the Jets are doing today, Daniel? Well, you have your ready list, which I'm sure they never in a million years thought they would be looking at at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, but so you've got your pro personnel department. You've got your list of guys that you would try and you know sign off the street. I, I have to believe that you're, you're going to aim higher than that. 
initially and just say what you saw, you know, and what we all saw last night, where this defense is at and where this running game is. And you think, man, okay, let's, let's be aggressive here. You know, if we, we have money, we have space, thanks to Aaron redoing his deal. They have some room and they have some space. So I think you're looking at, you know, the rosters currently in the NFL and saying, Hey, maybe there's one or two of these starters that we could call on of teams that might not be going anywhere this year. And then, and then trying to cherry pick and put together a list of the top backups. And you're calling those general managers today and seeing what that price tag is going to look like. Well, and then, so then give me the names. Uh, If you're, if you were in this room in a capacity um, where you'd be comfortable offering up names, which names would you throw in Joe Douglas's direction now that he knows it's a complete tear of the Achilles? DJ. Well, I know that I know they're coming off a win. Um, it, maybe if they were coming off of a loss, it would be different. But and I, there would be some, I'm sure, some financial gymnastics you'd have to to do. But I, I mean, I would call it Matt Stafford would be my. I'd make them say no on on Stafford. But uh, you know, I, I don't know that that would go anywhere. But that would be my shoot for the moon. Uh, is there any way at all we could possibly work something out there? Um, uh, outside of that, now you start going down the line. I mean. Colt McCoy is still on the street, so you could you could go down that road, um, and you know you start getting into the Andy Daltons and the Jameis Winstons and and, and those names. You know, I know you'll probably see Carson Wentz's name a bunch just because Joe was with him uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles, and Carson's on the street right now. But uh, you know, those are the types of names you you start you start trying to to sort through at this point in time. Taylor Taylor Heineke is probably another one. You know, I personally, Rich, I feel like they don't. They need an Andy Dalton-esque quarterback where it's you don't need you to be anything special. We just need you to take care of the football and and take the layups that are going to be presented to you because the defense is – what's the margin? You need to score 16, 17 points a game. You're going you're to go to the playoffs. Because <laughs> that is, again, it's a remarkable that we're in the same situation as last year that the roster that Joe Douglas has put together and Robert Sala and his staff has coached up – is championship quality uh, ready? Uh, I'm not mm-hmm. saying that they would win it all, but they do have the composition good enough to threaten, that's for sure. And if only Zach Wilson could make plays, if he could mm-hmm. make accurate throws, if he could see what he sees and and not uh, and, and trust it. Um, so I guess the question is, is it? it can he do it? I mean, what did you see last night? And Or is that yeah. something we just throw out because it was such a wild set of circumstances for him to find himself in? I'll tell you what. I watched it. I just finished the tape maybe 10 minutes ago. Okay. So I went back and watched it. And I started with, I'm like, you know, let's start positively. I want to watch all the runs because they ran the ball down their throats. And it was encouraging to see what they did with three tight ends and Ruckert, a second-year player, is a stud. I mean, he was killing people in the run game. So I was like, okay, well, now, all right, let's watch the passing game and see how bad this is. And I don't know if my expectations were just so low, Rich, but when I watched it, I came away encouraged of, of, look, let's use just Zach Wilson's history as the bar. Mm -hmm. This was one of his better games that he's played. And you look at, I, I always freeze it when I get to the top of the drop and I say, okay, is there anything egregious he's not seeing here? I mean, do we have an in cut that's just wide open and Zach is, you know, he's not seeing anything. I thought he saw the field well. He had the egregious interception. It was, there's no, it was, I don't know how to explain it. It was just kind of a brain fart interception. But he's got a third down throw, if you remember, to Garrett Wilson, which yeah. almost looks kind of like a corner. So he's throwing a corner out to Garrett Wilson. You're watching it on TV, and you see it's kind of on his back shoulder, and Garrett's got to adjust, and he makes a catch. And, man, it's a third and five conversion, but you're sitting there watching TV, and you're going, yeah, but it wasn't a good throw. I mean, Garrett had to kind of contort himself and go to the ground and catch it. Then you watch the tape, and you see Tredavious White as the corner has sloughed off, and if he throws that thing on, on, on target, it's picked off. He actually threw away from a defender, which I haven't seen him do much of. Uh, on a big third down conversion. You know, he had a, a nice one to Lazard. They're going to use the screen game. I mean, they did a nice job, popped a couple screens loose. The one where I know Peyton and, and Fitzpatrick were kind of making fun of him and having fun with when you watch it live where he's he's retreating and he scrambles back 40 yards and throws the ball out of bounds, right? They, they have fun with that. Well, you watch the tape of it. It's a screen to Michael Carter. 
they sniff it out immediately. And maybe old Zach Wilson, you know, tries to complete the ball and something bad happens. At least he held on to it, scrambled around and threw the ball away. So I, to me, I think that he, he played fine. He, if they get, if they get Zach seeing the field like that and playing like that, minus that one play, they're going to win a lot of games. And the other thing I would add is something he has this year that he's never had. And he didn't have last night. Hopefully he has Aaron Rodgers on the sideline who is, who's got probably the best football mind or one of the best football minds in the league, seeing things, giving him advice, fueling him with confidence. Even, you know how much he respects him. So Aaron, in some ways, could still have a huge role on this team when it comes to Zach. Daniel Jeremiah here on the Rich Eisen Show. One thing I want to throw out to you, because I thought it was such a salient point in the middle of the game last night, Troy Aikman said in in the Monday night booth that the Jets' offense with Hackett coordinating it was predicated on Rogers' line of scrimmage knowledge. And his neck up, 20 years, Hall of Fame ability to dissect the defense, get in the right play, and make the right decisions. Now it's Hackett coordinating for a Wilson. Now I know what happened last year with the previous Wilson. So I I ask you just point blank, is this a good combination with Nathaniel Hackett and Zach Wilson to figure it out as this team will now need them to do? Well, none of us know. You know, to be honest with you, we don't know. We'll find out. I do know I'm watching it last night. I thought Zach looked more comfortable in this offense than he did in the previous one. Um, and, you know, they still come from the same tree. There's some similarities there. But I thought he looked he looked more comfortable. And it was the the variety of the screen game. I think that that is a, you know, a personnel grouping. When you look at it with Lazard, what he does blocking in the run game, not only blocking the run game, he's he's unbelievable blocking in screens. So you're going to be able to swing the ball out to Dalvin. You're going to swing it out to Brees Hall. I mean, you remember, Rich. I mean, whatever Zach's limitations are, when Brees Hall was healthy, they were winning football games. Um, So now you add Dalvin Cook to that. You've you've got ways to take some pressure off of him that they didn't have last year when all of a sudden you looked up and there's no Mekhi Becton, there's no Elijah Vera Tucker, there's no Brees Hall, and now you've added Dalvin Cook to this mix. Um, you know, he he's got a much better support system around him. Now I'm not saying I look, I I guarantee you we're gonna see this guy just take off like a rocket ship, but he's got more help, is what I'm getting at. Let's talk about the rest of week one. Daniel Jeremiah from uh, Move the Sticks, NFL Network, NFL Media Group, right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Also from the Los Angeles Chargers radio booth. Is Tyreek Hill uncoverable, DJ? Well, I, I never seen anything like that. I mean, I've been around, I started in with the Ravens in 2003. That was the most dominant receiver game I've ever seen. I mean, they had no answers for him. His speed is ridiculous, and the creativity of Mike McDaniel, how he used some of the things he did uh, with some of the motion. I, I I said during the broadcast, I said, I feel like I'm watching the arena game, you know, with the way that they're doing some of this stuff. It's ridiculous. Like, is that legal? Man, it doesn't look like that's fair, uh, what, what he's doing. But on the other side of it, I ideally, when you have a receiver like Tyreek Hill, you have your best corner on him, and you have – Safety help over the top, preferably your best one. Now, if you want to go down the ladder from that, you go, okay, well, maybe we uh, uh, maybe we have one or the other. Maybe we have our best corner and then our second safety. Maybe we have our second corner and our best safety. But we've got two guys dedicated to them. What you don't want to have happen is they were able to get it matched up where they were able to get him on your third or fourth corner with no help. So, you know, how that happens and how they design that and how it ended up that way is something that obviously the Chargers have to get corrected. But but hat tip to to Mike McDaniels for what he did to get him free and uh and get him one on one. And and Tua in that offense, I will I will say this about Tua. As much grief as he's taken, Rich, I don't know there's a better quarterback situated for that scheme that they're operating with hmm. that personnel. He is the perfect fit for what they are doing right now because nobody is as quick as him in terms of his feet, his release, and his mind. He does it faster than anybody. And I saw your video you popped on your Instagram feed, Daniel, where Joey Bosa's running free. He's unblocked coming off the line. A handful of other Charger pass rushers, blitzers, unblocked coming off the line and it looks like Tua can protect himself maybe right by getting rid of the ball 
as fast as he was getting rid of it with with Toronto Armstead out and uh, a bunch of new guys on that line. That ball was coming out and and it was unstoppable. Yeah, it, it was going back to what we said at that year at the draft. I remember I made the comparison. This is like a Vegas blackjack dealer, just like ding 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 ding, just like <laughs> flipping flipping those cards around as fast as you can. Yeah, and that's why I wanted to point that out because I was getting a lot of people uh, on social media just blasting. You know, the Chargers are paying Bosa and Mac all this money, and they can't beat the backup tackles. I'm like. They literally, there's plays where they are unblocked and in a sprinter stance, and you still can't get there fast enough because the ball's out. And if you can't get your hands on these receivers and disrupt their timing, they're going to do this to everybody. And the challenge is now they're saying, okay, they motion and shift more than anybody in the NFL last year. And so it's hard to get your hands on guys when they're constantly moving pre-snap. So it's it's a it's a good looking offense. When they had him healthy last year, Rich, they were humming, and they've taken it to another level. Daniel Jeremiah, a few minutes left with at Move the Sticks on uh, everybody's social media platforms. My colleague from NFL Network. It's amazing because you and I were talking before the season how deep the AFC is, quarterbacks galore in the AFC, and one week in, the Chiefs, the Bills, the Bengals lose, um, and on top of it, the NFC. Uh, the way the 49ers blew the doors off in Pittsburgh, the way the Cowboys just mauled the Giants, the way the Eagles did uh, absorb a comeback attempt with Tom Brady in the house by Mac Jones and Belichick's Patriots. Is this the way it's going to go, do you think? Or is week one an outlier where the NFC might have the stronger teams, Daniel? I, I think that I think it's like a different sport in each conference. I mean, the AFC, you mentioned all the quarterbacks, you know, when you have all those top guys lose and then with the NFC for what we said about what they don't have in terms of the quarterbacks, maybe we should have given more respect to what they do have, which is physical, physical teams. They can all, they can run the ball. They play defense. Um, they're, they're physical up front. They have pass rushers. And you saw that. I mean, I think Dallas and San Francisco are probably the two most impressive teams uh, from week one and what, and what they did. So, um, I, I feel like you've got a quarterback-driven conference and you've got a defensive-driven conference. And, and it's going to be interesting to see how these matchups you know, uh, go at it throughout the year. I think it, it, we all kind of just think, okay, well, eventually the quarterbacks, it's, it's a quarterback league, they'll, they'll kind of rise up. And I don't imagine the Chiefs are going to go on a long struggle uh, here. But, uh, but they do play defense in the NFC and they are very physical. So which one would you take in 2023? Which style do you think would, uh, would prevail? in this I, league i think look we only get to see it you know we're only going to see it once in the super bowl when it really really matters um but i would say hmm. it's challenge it's going to be challenging um to come out of the afc if you don't have an elite quarterback because you can even if you if you're a defensive loaded team in the afc you're going to have to run through too many of these guys there's going to there's going to be a game that's presented where you're going to have to score 30 points in the nfc i think you can navigate those waters with 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 that that other formula and then we get to see it for one game you know and usually in one game we've seen it in super bowls rich all-time great defenses. The the Eagles had, what, 70 sacks last year, and they couldn't slow down the Kansas City Chiefs. I think the quarterbacks always win in the end. They always get the last laugh, uh, but it is going to be interesting style uh, in the fight. So how much laughing is Justin Herbert doing today? I mean, walk me through what you saw from the Chargers' end of things in that game, there, yeah. DJ. Sure, I, I, and, and we were actually texting a little bit about this uh, during the game, which, yeah. by the way, Rich, I'm a professional. I only check the phone during uh, during timeouts. You know, I'm not I'm not up there <laughs> reading my text messages during during live. Action. I know I'm texting you during a radio broadcast, DJ, because again, I'm like wondering why yeah. all these checkdowns were happening, and we have Austin Eckler on uh, Thursday. We're going to talk with him. He had a terrific game, which I find fascinating. Like, let's run the ball, let's check it yeah. down after telling our all-world running back that we're depending on to go seek a trade and then give him a little bit extra scratch to keep him happy and then rely the heck out of him. So I'm like texting you like, where where's the Kellen Moore? Now we're going to push the ball yeah. down the field. So yeah. So so here that's a, it was a great question. Thank and, you, sir. Um, so here's what happened in this ball game, And I think a lot of times and not you, but other people will see the box score and go, well, I, th I, I was sold a bill of goods. I thought we were going to get this, you know, this vertical 
passing game, why wasn't it there? Well, it was Vic Fangio on the other side. And if, you know, they refer to it as the Vic Fangio defense for a reason because of how they play. And they put their two safeties in the parking lot. And if the Chargers ran, I mean, I'm literally calling it where eight yard run on first down and I go, okay, money, uh, this is going to be a, this is going to be a shot. They're going to be able to take a shot. Now it's second and two. They're going to have to walk a safety down and you're going to get one-on-one with these receivers. Nope. Nope. They are still in the parking lot. So they are daring you to run the football. And I actually thought it was the perfect game plan for Kellen Moore. This is a team that averaged 89 rushing yards a game last year. Mm-hmm. They went for well over 200 in this game. You almost had 200-yard rushers. Joshua Kelly, I think, had 93 yards. Austin was well over 100. So you score 34 points. You run for over 200 yards. And I'm sitting here going, that's got to be good enough. Now, I think that was the third highest point total uh, of, of the week. And they and they lost. So to me, I thought that was a great example of Kellen Moore being patient and taking what they give you. And if they if they're putting up thirty fours every week, um, he's doing his job as the offensive coordinator, and they got to figure out how to stop somebody. Last one for you. Let's be fair and balanced. Um, what do you do? What do you make of Josh Allen's performance on Monday night? Uh, great defense, just befuddling a terrific quarterback, or he's got a little bit of the Favre two point in him, and he's just winging it, and um, and in in time for Vegas to come to Western New York, he'll figure it out. What do you think? I, I think he'll eventually figure it out. And I also think, you know, it's similar to what we were talking about with the Chargers defense. It's like, let's not completely bury them for going up against one of the best units in the league week one. And that's, I mean, I think the Jets, I think, I don't think there's a defense better than them. I, you could say the, the 49ers and the Cowboys looked really, really good, but with the speed that the Jets have on defense, and I think as a quarterback, there's times when you're constantly under duress like that, and you almost trick yourself to say, okay, well, if I can just buy a little time, I'm going to be able to make them pay for this and get a big chunk, you know, home run balls down the field. But the Jets don't have to send five, six, seven rushers to get there. So those four guys are getting to you, and they still have they still have coverage on the back end. So I, I thought he just got outside of himself, and it was like, oh, my gosh, I bought a little time. Surely somebody's uncovered, and no, they, they haven't. Um, so he got a little bit too greedy and that was, you know, the, the disappointing thing for me on that is through, through the uh, maturation process, you have to know what type of game you're in and with where the jets were with that injury at the quarterback position, that was a, Hey, let's run the ball and punt. If the jets have to march 90, you know, 80, 90 yards, the whole game, we will win this football game. We cannot turn the ball over. We cannot give him a short field. And he turned it over four times. Last one for you, Daniel, do you. Just going full circle. If you are Joe Douglas, general manager of the New York Jets, and you saw what just happened last night, and you see what might be to come, and every single quarterback you told me, with the exception of Stafford, that they can go YOLO for, would be somebody to be there to back up Zach Wilson and go to battle with Zach. Do you, if you're Joe Douglas, dare to call Tom Brady (laughs) and say, what do you say, TB12? DJ, what do you think? 100% 100% you make the call. I, I can't in a million years see him doing it. Uh, but yeah, it would be, it would be, you know, professional uh, negligence if you didn't make the phone call. I mean, yeah, I, I would put him on the spot and make him say no. Um, I just, I would be shocked. I would be shocked. He was just in Foxborough. I know. Pump, no, doing no. the fist pump. And then here he is two weeks later playing for the Jets. Well, they play the, they play the Patriots in a couple weeks, right? Yes, they do. They, they, they have New England in their house in two weeks. And I know he's going to get a statue there. And they just announced yeah. he's going into the Hall of Fame next year. And he had a halftime ceremony. And he did the let's go and all of that stuff. And he's a part owner of the Raiders. And we have to give that up. And he's got his Fox contract, I, I assume, coming. But, I mean, he is... He is there, right? I mean, he is I, he is available technically, I, right? I would say this. First of all, uh, yeah, you're the you're the starter. The the second you say yes, uh, come on in anytime you want. Any if any if it, three weeks from now you want to scratch that itch, come on in. And, and I'll tell you what, we'll have we'll have a private plane. You can go you can go to Ann Arbor and watch the game on Saturday. Yeah. If, we just love it if you could just be <laughs> in the building by Sunday morning. Whatever you want to do. That's your pitch. Whoa. That's your pitch. Yeah. That's that's the pitch. That's the pitch. Yeah, whatever okay. you want. But hey, you know what? If you don't feel like playing a full game, we might not need you for a full game. Yeah, come on out. Give us a half. You give us a half. You give us a half, Tom. Give us two touchdowns. We're good. Give us a half. 
What? Are, so the the bullet points are whatever you want. Give us a half. That's it. That's it. That's it. And then just you get and, a full. The, the thing is, you get a a whole ring for playing half a game. That's 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 how that works. Well, at this point, it looks like uh, Aaron Rodgers. The best case scenario is he, he gets a whole ring for being uh, a new coach on the sidelines for Zach Wilson. Because um, I'm imagining Tom would still say no to that. But um, I appreciate yeah. you um, giving me the beats of what that pitch would sound like, Daniel. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't envision that one being successful, but da- it would be fun. Daniel Jeremiah, appreciate the time. Everybody got the Move the Sticks podcast with DJ and Bucky Brooks. And um, look for more of my calls and texts during the game, DJ. Oh, hey, hey, hey commercial breaks. I got you covered. Okay, very good. In between snaps, Justin Herbert's my <laughs> fantasy quarterback, Daniel. Come on. DJ, what'd you see on that one? What a play. Uh, <laughs> let me see the replay real quick. Uh, nice. Rick was wanting to know what uh, Garrett Wilson, was. He's, uh, yeah. if he's doing all right. What's yeah. going on? Thanks again, Daniel. See you, buddy. I love that guy. Let's take a break and more, more of your phone calls to wrap up this Tuesday edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind the scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Why are you all singing Thriller in the commercial break? What's that about? I don't know. We were talking about the greatest albums of all time. Is that what you were? Of course. We're just doing an album thing. Isn't Off the Wall better? I think it is. Yeah. That's me and TJ. I mean, I mean, if you want to talk even just Michael Jackson albums. We, I mean, we we discussed Off the Wall first. Yeah, Off the Wall is my favorite. I'm sorry. I'm in my own world. You know. I know, because your wife was preparing. trying to talk to you before, and you didn't even hear yeah, you. Well, I, I have my ears yeah. in. Susie's here getting ready for What the Football with Amy Trask. And um, I'm, you know. and you're still hurting from last night. We understand. I'm not hurting from last <laughs> night. Actually, when she finally came home, uh, it was already over successfully. You know? <laughs> yeah, you got the and then I, and But I did, I you know. It sucks. By the Just, way, it, in, no, in no way is off the wall better than Thriller. Is that right? Oh, it is. Mike, look at the singles on Thriller. Come on, man. Which one is uh, PYT? Which one is that? Thriller. Okay, good. By the way, Thriller is still the... Human nature, want to be starting something, beat it, Billie Jean, Girls Mike. I mean, it's amazing. And then, of course, uh, any song that employs the voice of Vincent Price, a.k.a. Egghead from Batman, or... (laughs) Egghead from or a uh, great cameo in the what, the the Brady Bunch goes to Hawaii. Wasn't that uh, wasn't he in that one? <laughs> Guys, just I think I'm, in the, I think I'm in the zone. I'm in the zone right now. I'm in the zone. The Brady Bunch goes in the zone. I'm in the zone. If I can't, you said to me today, Rich will mention the Brady think, Bunch. As you know, Joe Namath once upon a time played ball in the house. Brady Bunch in Hawaii doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. You no, kidding? No, no, no. They went somewhere. Uh, they did. And he no, was, they'd go to Hawaii. No, that's, they did. Oh, okay, they definitely did. No, good. 1972. Great reference. I was Rich. three years old. Hey, what? <laughs> hey. And the okay. Jets had just won a Super Bowl. Just everyone back off me, all right? Just give me a day. Don't ask. Just give me a day. <laughs> My gosh. <laughs> 
Uh, stream the NFL on Westwood One for free, sponsored by AutoZone all season long. You can listen to every Westwood One broadcast of the NFL Live on the NFL app by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports or on your Westwood One affiliate station's digital platforms. Every single NFL game and Kevin Harlan and Kurt Warner and I all season long for free. And get in the zone with AutoZone. Restrictions apply. AutoZone's free battery testing and charging is available for free at your local AutoZone. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Caesar in Sacramento, California, Caesar. home of the Bradford family when eight used to be enough. Hey, Rich. What's up, Caesar? Chris, TJ, Mike, longtime listener. Hey, Caesar. Caller. What do you say, bud? What's going on? So I'm calling about your Jets. of a possible scenario to salvage your season. Okay. Go ahead and call Arizona and trade with Kyler Murray right now. Ooh. They, they want to tank? Back in salvage your season, you got you got a quarterback of the future. Caesar, okay, you're, I'm going to bite on this one. Not a bad idea. I'm going to bite. Oh, it's a bad idea, and it's it, it's all just first a couple of things. First of all, he's hurt. What, are you going to trade for somebody who's coming back from an injury? Were you going to trade for him just in case? What if the Jets trade for him and Zach Wilson starts balling out? What happens then? He's not going to ball out. Okay, Caesar, but you can't sit here what and if, say that. Why don't we wait a month and see how Zach looks? That's Now, that's what we're talking about. But in the meantime, and thank you for the call, Caesar. what the Jets must do is get a veteran quarterback who can win football games for this defense, for this offense that is otherwise ready to roll, the running game ready to roll against Dallas. Because the way Zach Wilson plays, he doesn't take care of himself out of the pocket. He's one of those, you know... 20-something kids who just thinks he's indestructible. He's running around. So unless the Jets don't want this game in Dallas in front of the whole country with, I think it's Nance and Romo, uh, I, I, I don't think they want it in the hands of Tim Boyle fresh off the practice squad. They got to get somebody in today, tonight. What about Flacco? He won games last year. Nick Foles. That's who I want. Nick Foles. You know, is that, I mean, honestly, Joe Douglas remembers what he could do. He's a aces A plus individual. Not saying the other ones that they can hire aren't. Him and Rogers together, David Dunn, Wonder Twins unite, activate. Let's go, and <laughs> and and, and help Zach week. help Zach out. That's the way I would go right now. But some and somebody who knows how to beat the Cowboys this week to week. Let's go. You got through one week. Now you got one more to come. That's what I would do. You know, but you have to get somebody in right now. Rogers gone. Kyler Murray, I mean, plus you can't, you got to give Zach his run. You can't tell the locker room one thing and then all of a sudden flip around and go, well, here's our new quarterback, unless his name's like Matthew Stafford. Then the rest of the locker room would go, oh, okay. Well, I mean, had the Rams lost week one, might have been a little more likely. I don't know. I doubt it anyway. I doubt it anyway. All right. Austin Graham will trot with him. And uh, coming up, as soon as we are done, What the Football with Amy Trask and Susie Schuster will record their first podcast with the guest Charles yeah. Woodson, former Packer with Rodgers winning a Super Bowl, and, of course, former Raider with Amy Trask. Perfect guest, perfect pod. Check it out. 